Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, welcome. Life. Let's chat. It's hard. You want to talk? I know, that's disappointing. Sit back. Let's work this How's out. How's it going? What are we doing here? Where are you going? having trouble tea with us being on instagram i'm just gonna say it why i hate it why hate it don't want to be it don't want anything to do with mark zuckerberg i don't want to be on facebook i don't want to be on instagram i don't want to do anything to do with it do you have a feeling about it i mean i didn't I mean, why do we have to have all these um, ways to pr- promote ourselves? Why can't we just have a website? The reason we're doing this is to start a conversation. No, you're right. That's true. So you may or may not be able to find us on Instagram by this point. Depends on if Therese makes me. Um, but I'm sure that if you really need to judge us, you can judge us on Apple Podcasts uh, or wherever you find the show. Please rate us. Uh, five stars, of course. <laughs> ready, ready, ready. Welcome to Trauma Bonded. I'm Ellie Westberg, and I'm here with Therese Garcia. Hello. And today we are discussing, this is actually happening, episode 128, which is a rebroadcast episode, and it's called, What If Your Son Stabbed Your Daughter? escaping a dysfunctional family background and finally raising a wonderful family of her own, a woman's son commits a shocking crime that throws everything into chaos. This is from 2019. And full disclosure, I am the showrunner for This Is Actually Happening, and I have the privilege to vet stories and conduct pre-interviews before they go to WIT for the final interview. Uh, Although I was not part of the show when episode to uh when this episode episode 128 was first recorded in 2019 and t knows nothing about anything she comes in fresh fresh this show trauma bonded is for the listeners a space where we can talk about each episode digest it and reflect on it with empathy and also a bit of levity welcome welcome thank you 
what stuck out to you as the heart of her story? So um, I feel like she really said what the heart of the story for me was at the very end. It kind of resonated with me because I think about it quite a bit. Um, she says, some things are just out of your control. You just have to live your life as if nothing's going to happen. And I, it, like, I've thought about this a lot because of sometimes the terrible world that we live in. Um, and things just happen and you at times can't make sense of it. And we've talked about this, like, okay, so then does that mean that uh, maybe my kids just won't go to school and we'll homeschool them, or maybe they won't leave the house, or, but the house is kind of dangerous in that other episode. Like, it's like you can't, <laughs> you can't run away from all the random, very scary things that can happen. So really, you just have to continue on. Yeah. As if nothing's going to happen. And nothing, meaning nothing bad is going to happen, I guess. Is nothing bad. Nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is pretty bleak. If we really think. Or it could be wonderful. I mean, if we really think about all the possibilities of how we could be injured, especially you having children and sending them out into the world and you just hope and pray that they come back to you in one piece and, and not have been traumatized in some way or injured in some way or killed in some way or whatever it is. Um, it, it feels like something that we do just kind of have to let go. Cause if you hold on to it and fear it, then you become a crippling ball of anxiety that can't leave the house and just does the rosary 15 times a day. Like someone we know mom. your mom. mom? Um, yeah, totally. And I think mine, do you have another, you, you, sometimes you have more than one heart. Did you have another heart? Are you having a stroke right now? We'll continue. <laughs> I do. I did have one where <laughs> just thinking about her as a mother, incredible mother, I'm thinking, um, and I think it's something that as a mother myself, I have to like think about a lot is like wearing all the different hats mm. she had to wear to be able to be a mother to at this point, like almost like two enemies, you know, and being able to empathize with both of them in an honest, genuine, authentic way. But they have opposing viewpoints. I thought that was Dude. really, it's quite the I wrote skill, that down too. You know? That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? And, you know, supporting her daughter, son, and, and herself as well. You know, like, she has to support herself with, you know, knowing that they'll never be together again, you know, and, like, being okay with that kind of thing. But you were saying? Well, there and there's no... When a crime is committed against someone that you love, I think part of your healing or your peace or your your strength, just part of it might sort of come from oh. your anger at the person that perpetrated it. So she's having mm -hmm. to hold him in a completely different regard, right? And 
And maybe we shouldn't talk about this just yet, but she does point out that it almost seemed like it wasn't him, right? That there was this blank blankness about him, that it wasn't him. And And I get what she's saying. She mentions again that when she sees him later at the the juvie center that that life has sort of come back into his face and his eyes and now he's showing remorse and now it's like she he became again the son that she could claim whereas when it wasn't him it was almost like however you want to characterize it like a demon or a darkness or something had just taken him over taken his vessel over and it was nothing that was actually him and i think she's done that on purpose I believe that she actually did see a difference in him. And I've heard of people saying that before, like they just looked like they weren't there and then they came back, you know, they're, we're not doctors, mm-hmm. but we watched a lot of shit. And I, I'm sure that there's a medical diagnosis for this sort of thing that happens, but I think it is particularly poignant for her because in order for her to, to walk through this, she has to see him as complete, like, the perpetrator of the incident is different than who her son actually is. And, and not only did she have to wear different hats when thinking about her kids, she's still having to work a job. She's still having to show up to court. Mm -hmm. She still has to live her life. And she has to hear from this husband of hers in prison being blamed and denigrated and basically causing Mm -hmm. her to question her own good parenting skills, which she does all throughout their relationship. So it shouldn't really be a shocker that he also blamed her for this, but she is carrying so much to get through this. And I think this kind of ties into what I think the heart of the story is. See if I tie in. I'm excited about this transition. Um, my heart is about the duality of man i mean that's a classic way that we call it you can say we can take gender out of it duality of human mm-hmm. um yeah human it's just an angel idea that's apparent everywhere it's like mm-hmm. flesh versus spirit good versus evil evil um our ability to see people in they're sometimes horrible light and not forget that we also see them for the person that we know them to be or hope that they can be. And she does this a lot. And I feel like this is why it's a lot to do with the heart of her story. Like she talks specifically about Mm -hmm. this father of hers, you know, when he drank He became a monster, abusive, argumentative, Mm -hmm. domestic violence. But when he doesn't drink, she could see him as a father, a loving father, a house that's peaceful. She felt worthy worthy of love. Um, She had admiration for him as you want for a father. So for a child to hold both of those ideas in their head at the same time, I think that's going to really form right how you see people there's such distinct differences 
I grew up in a household where I didn't have to deal with that. My dad was my dad was my dad. My mom was my mom was my mom. And there was never there this very, you know, of course, everyone has different times when they get angry or go off the handle, whatever. But it was never so much so that you had to be actively remembering the goodness of them when they were seemingly stepping into being monsters of themselves. Her husband does it. You know, mm-hmm. they get together. He seems peachy keen. Turns out to be an asshole. Everyone knows everyone him. Knows it. He's like, or everyone knows him, right? Yeah. Him, yeah. And I think then she has to do it with her son as well. She says, yeah. lovable, affectionate, helpful as a child. Yeah. This is how she knows him. Easygoing. Right. She doesn't know him as yeah. someone that's capable of stabbing her daughter. But he did, nonetheless. Duality. Yeah. That's a good one, Ellie. I like using big words sometimes. I think you won this one. I think you won this one. It's not a competition. Let's talk about being a kid and going to the grocery store and working against your own self-interest, which is what kids are like made of entirely, really. (laughs) Their own self-interest, right? Popsicle, I want a popsicle. Okay, okay, you can have, and that's the only thing. It's like, that's the only thing. That's the only thing. Five seconds later, oh, red vines, red vines, red vines. Like, I remember it was the only thing. No, they don't remember. <laughs> and T, I have, I have to take my hat off to you because, and this is a, a, a tip, tip and tricks for all your parents out there. I've seen T do this in Target. She kind of relents so that there's not a, a breakdown of the social order and lets them hold a shark or a beach ball or whatever it is in their hands. And then as soon as they're sort of interested in something else, you let them hold that. And then sure enough, they become uninterested in the former thing. And so it's just, a you're just constantly playing this game <laughs> Trading, trading, and putting away, putting away. And I always try to put it away in the same spot. Remember when yeah. we were there? I'm not trying to, like, put them everywhere. But, yeah, I'm always going to – there's only going to be, like, one thing. In it there. was brilliant to behold, and you're really good at it. And I think we got away with it for the most part. We got away with it, and I don't even think we bought – Anything. Did we even buy anything <laughs> for them? Yeah, for yeah. Them. Kind of amazing. Yeah. That was amazing. It was like magic. It's just like you have to be a little bit smarter and a little bit faster than they are. If you can recognize yeah. how their attention spans are short and just do that quick switcheroo without them noticing, that's a great tip. Yeah. It's a great tip. And then it's what you're all you're trying to do is not have them freak the yeah. F out in public. Destroy the social order. Crazy. Destroy the social contract. Oh, is that what you're saying? Well, yeah. you have walked, as soon as you walked into Target with all of your kids, you have entered into a social contract with every other shopper in the store and every employee in the store. And they're just like, oh, no, not this. It is up to you to do your due diligence to maintain your side of the contract. It's very stressful. Very, very stressful. And you oh, felt, I felt it. stressed you were as like, hell. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> It's like this is the worst trip to Target I've ever had. I'm I off Target now. Trips to Target. 
happy to help. But going, going back to our storyteller, you know, thinking about her being in the grocery store and, and be thinking about how she doesn't want to inadvertently upset this childish, reactive, violence, violent adult man, baby. It just makes me so mad. I know. What a responsibility to put on her. She's just a kid. She's like, I don't need, I don't, you know what? I don't, I don't need any of this. Yeah. To be walking around on eggshells to keep this giant person happy, I think is a terrible burden. And it does really make me mad. And I'm kind of, to be honest, I'm kind of over men at the moment. So don't get me started on anything. But Uh-oh. just, you know, these guys that call themselves alpha males or whatever. And any little thing sets them like into a roaring fit. Just done. Little babies. Yeah, well, that's babies just ridiculous. Yeah, it's babies. It's just this like, you're trying to to make things right in your head by like not buying something at the grocery store and ultimately like it doesn't work yeah you know and she's trying to like control things so that things will be okay and it's like you can't it's control this ridiculous man baby because it's nothing like it doesn't matter what you do this person is you know let's talk about this little okay. husband of hers Oh, God. What's up with this dude? This is what I this is what I hate the most about relationships in general. And I'm sure this has happened to you. I don't know. Maybe oh. lesbians don't do this, but mm-hmm. I bet they do. You don't Why even know not? what I'm gonna say. <laughs> I feel like I do know. <laughs> this idea of taking a vulnerability and weaponizing it it against the person (laughs) it's a it's a despicable trait despicable do lesbians do this to each other i bet some of them do come on t i don't i don't you're the spokesperson i don't i haven't experienced that yeah let me represent all the lesbians because i know no i i don't know i don't know Uh, i haven't had it happen to me I know it's it's something that people can do. It's a despicable trait. It's pretty fun. Anyone up. listening, if you're being vulnerable to someone and they're using it against you later, that's a despicable person. You need to call them out on it and maybe walk mm-hmm. away. It's a terrible thing. So our storyteller, she confided in her husband, right, about how she grew up. Um the violence in her household, the control that she dealt with in her household, the, you know, example of she always needs to have a car in, in, you could take that to a lot of degrees about what kind of symbolism a car is. It's freedom, right? It's something that we all think about Mm -hmm. the moment we get our license and for him to hear that information and not want to protect her from that, but instead use that information to be the same way to her basically she's giving him a guideline to how he can control and her in the relationship and and going so far 
as to bring it back up and use it as an excuse for his own terrible behavior and say, mm -hmm. well, no wonder your dad used to do that to you because you do X, Y, Z. My God. This guy. Despicable. This. It's crazy. Then. And it just makes her smaller and exactly. smaller and smaller. And Brat. she truly loves someone because love actually gives someone the benefit of the doubt, right? So in her mind, she's saying, I told him I went through all this. There's no way he's using it against no way. me. How could he be so, so evil? Then she no gets, way. This is actually... It's my fault. I know Sorry, you just you ahead. keep saying I'm just with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I know that's my next thing. <laughs> so she gets down on herself, <laughs> right? For being in the situation she always said that she never would be in. And because she's there, she's basically continues to reduce her opinion of herself, and that perpetuates mm -hmm. her staying with him because she's smaller, 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 insignificant, insignificant, stupid, idiot, you know, the, all the things that we tell ourselves. And now she, he's made her essentially a, addicted to him because she can't think that she can do any better. I mean, it's just all clearly there from the moment his, her mother recognizes the red flags in him. Of course she does. Give this woman yeah. some credit. She lived through it. Ironically, she's going to be able to see it quicker. And, and and don't get me wrong. I'm not coming for the storyteller at all because we're, we're not here to judge her because uh, well, you're in she's it. in it. She's in and, it, too. It's not something I imagine he did give off this this way about I will protect you now that you've told yeah. me this information I'll protect you there's it's no way I'll ever hurt duality you, of you man know? again yeah and it's just little and but it's I feel like it's the duality and it's like little things that happen it's here a slow and there, like dismantle a random push after a yeah. couple of months a random thing and then it just and yeah. I would never judge any woman for that I I've never been uh, abused in like a touched way like that but I know how easy it is to end up in a cycle where you're expressing your vulnerabilities they're being turned around about you around on you and you just start internalizing how you're bad you're bad you're bad and you don't and since that's already the way that you feel about yourself him just saying it just makes him seem that much greater Oh, well, he's so wonderful and he wants mm -hmm. to be a stupid little old me. Like, I definitely don't want to let him go. It's disgusting. Like, it just, it hurts my soul thinking about how people can be like this to each other. Oh, I know. Yeah. And then she can't go out there and meet anybody else because she's the worst. And I bet. And he's a saint for being with her, you know. And I am sure that there are lesbians to do th that do this. I'm sure. We watched all I'm of sure. Queer Love, right? On Netflix, the alt. Did anybody do that on Queer ultimatum? Love? Was there a situation you can think of where? It, I'm sure Vanessa yeah, did something weird. Or Lexi. Someone was vulnerable and it was weaponized against them. I don't know. I'm sure one of our listeners can pick it out. Yeah. And then he's not that great. I'm just going to say no, it. It doesn't seem like he's very good. He's going to prison. 
he's going to prison and then he's going to prison again for a long time. We don't know what it is for. Yeah. I guess. I mean, since he's so known and well known in the community, I think you could make the guess that it might be drugs related. No. Oh. I mean, I would assume if you're a guy that knows oh. everybody, that sounds Maybe. like a drug dealer, possibly to me. But I don't want to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you no, know? I don't know? Oh, you don't know. You don't know. Um, I know. Sometimes you know. I know. I don't know. I thought she was really poignant what she said. You can cover up a bruise or a scar, but you can't ever cover up. Wait, what did I write? Wait. You can cover up a bruise or scar, but you can't cover up how you feel and think. Okay, yeah. Think. That was good. No, I mean, I, I said think and feel. I probably, yeah. I hadn't written that down. But I was right also that I knew that's what you were going to say, yeah. right? Yeah. Pretty cool, Good huh? Quote. Mind melding. Oh, yeah. The red flags to the vulnerability to the weaponization to the diminishing yeah. to the, yeah. Yeah, all of that. I wouldn't have said it like that. You, like, have better, bigger, bigger words, you mm. know. Um, it's a good one. You have the good words. But, yeah, I was feeling that. <laughs> Let's talk about um, the stabbing itself. <sighs> Do we have I to? I think that's what we're here for. Yeah, that's probably. It's just We so are sad. pretty good about talking about everything that isn't in the episode. But I feel like yeah, we, talk we should a lot talk about, about that. that. I stabbed her. It just hurts me. He stabbed me. I know. I can you imagine one of your kids saying that about another one? But I can't, and I'm scared now because it's so random. Um, and I'm, I mean, we'll, we can talk about that. But I i was just so saddened by, like, thinking of him just, like, sitting there on his iPad. Like, I just think of my kids, like, hey, any bagel bites left, you know? Delve into the shadows of the mind. With Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. You know, and yeah. just like normal, normal life. And they're just hanging out. And then everything changes. I mean, what do you think happened to him? He's looking at the iPad. He eats some bagel bites. And he's just overcome by a compulsion. Do you th- what do you think it is, T? Do you think he's possessed? So I... 
<laughs> Are we going to go? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not, I, this is so presumptuous, really. I, I wonder, like, if it, it couldn't help that dad was beating mom all the time. Even though, like, it was like, she said the kids never saw it because really he, like, really cared about what they thought. I mean. Kids know. Surely kids know, can feel. Tension. Something's wrong. Tension. May have even seen something and you're not aware of it. I mean, you're in the heat of the moment. You don't know there are kids right behind you, you know. Um, I'm just wondering if. It just can't help that he was doing that. Yeah. It's it's like you really want to know. You really want to read the psychological report on this kid because you just, I think that's what's so hard about this is like not understanding. Clearly, he left in some way. Like he's, he says he oh, yeah. blanks out or, or bla- it blacks out for him. And it's like he was on his iPad mm-hmm. eating bagel bites and then he comes to and he's got a knife in his hand and he doesn't know what happened in betwixt those two things. I believe him. I know these things happen. It's, it is extra scary because it feels like something that you can't prevent or stop or pinpoint, but there has to be some sort of tension or darkness or something that exists in a house where domestic violence is present. I don't know. It's unsettling, yeah. at least. I mean, there's something wrong. And maybe it's a subconscious thing, even. I mean, obviously, he lost consciousness or was in a different state of mm-hmm. consciousness when this happened. That he might not even remember that. And then maybe he doesn't even remember why. I mean, even if, if there was like a a reporter, there's a therapist, he might not even, it's like, no, uh, you know, he could even be like, no, I was brought up fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Or if, if asked, how do you feel about your sister? By all accounts, he loved his sister. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, for the storyteller to be in that situation and again, wearing these two hats, reassuring her daughter that she's not going to die, reassuring her son you know to even call out to the the police like he didn't mean to do this you know she's yeah to have to be dealing with both of those extreme traumas it had to make some kind of lasting effect on her she talks about her ride to the hospital and she says that she's only thinking i hope she doesn't die and it made me think about this like how much of that on its face is just she didn't want her daughter to die, but how much of it also is indirectly mm. related to wanting her son to be innocent of murder or innocent of a murder charge, mm-hmm. right? It's all it's part, all part of, it. of it. And yeah. then she sees him in juvie and he's back to himself. And I thought what she said was just such a lovely moment of being such an like this is an example of what unconditional love is what she says to him we are all confused and we'll figure this out yeah it's just so simple but it's letting him know i don't think ill of you 
we don't know why this happened and you're here, but we're going to figure it out and it's going to be okay. Like, yep. he doesn't remember anything. So how can you, how can you be mad or hold a kid in a lower regard that perceivably doesn't remember anything? What do you think about how her daughter yeah. didn't like that she would go to visit him and in the home? I mean, she was stabbed seven times. He closed the door behind him. I mean, it felt, it's scary. You don't want to be around someone who is capable of doing that, whether or not they forget or were blacked out. You know that that possibility is there and it happened to you. So I'm not trying to like hang out again, you know? Um, so I can, I can see why she feels that way. And she's the victim and she's directly affected by it. And she has no impetus to forgive him. Or at the very least, she can make that boundary yeah. for herself and say, I don't want anything to do with him for now. Right? She's still so young. So I didn't really catch what year it actually happened by the time... We know this was recorded in 2019. It's been, it, she said it, that's like it happened last May. Oh, it was just something. a year prior? Within oh. the year. Yeah. Within, I think it's within the year. Yeah, I don't know. Could even be months. I don't know. And he was like 12, yeah. 13. She was two How years old older. And she did, and the storyteller okay. did comment that she was doing really well in high school. So that tracks that it was only a year behind them. Right. Um, it would be really wonderful if we can get a follow up from her. We're going to try to add it to this episode, y'all, if we can. But if we can't, then definitely down the line, she'll be someone that we'll try to follow up with. And sidebar, Forge, <laughs> sorry to segue into a thing about our show. We're talking about deep shit. Um, oh. that is going to be one of our, our goals of trauma bonded is we really want to use this show to be able to interview past storytellers from this is actually happening so that you can get an update from, uh, past storytellers that you are wondering what happened to them and where they are, where they are now. Um, when she said that her husband blamed her, how did that make you feel? Well, <laughs> That guy super, super sucks. <laughs> how, how about this? It's your fault, you ass. Imagine? You're the one punching me in the face every can day. You, like, can you? The ego, the bravado that you have to have to clearly be a flawed individual. You abuse your wife. You're in prison twice for something, something criminal. I doubt it's for, like, doing good things. <laughs> Helping old people cross the street. Uh. And then to still not have any moments of self-reflection where you can see how you might be semi-culpable in this. Or to at least give your wife some bit of support knowing what kind of demon she has to deal with in her life now while you just get to be on the inside. What a dick. Just what a complete asshole. Well, I don't even understand like is this a person 
Like, is there something? He doesn't seem like a person. Wrong with it. He's like a monster. There's nothing. It feels like it. And since we haven't heard anything else about him, we will thus characterize him as such. Oh, I think so. I will. I will. Yeah, blaming her. Like, you're not even there. It's like, yeah, I wasn't there. It's like, okay, well. It's one of those things, if you were able to talk with him and try to, like, rationalize what's going on, he'd probably find every way to, like, still blame her, you know? I mean, where do you have to be as a person to be able to do stuff like that? I mean, justifying everything. I'm sure a lot of bad shit happened to him, too. You know, hurt people, hurt people, and all that stuff. But to... To just have zero self-reflection, zero self-examination, zero acknowledgement of any kind of culpability is just, it's just cruel. And it feels like monstrous behavior to me, but good on her. She separated from him. I'm sure that wasn't easy. Yeah. And I really do hope that she's doing okay. And if we can add on an update to this, we would love to. I was just thinking about, you know, that time that he was in juvenile hall all by himself, all scared. Like I do, I picture him as a really like a kid, an innocent kid. Like it makes me so sad, like seeing those moments, like him getting handcuffed and scared because he did something he doesn't even know. Him seeing his mom walk away while he's in juvenile hall. And like, it can't, it's the worst. Like now he's hanging out there and he, to me, feels, I know he stabbed her and I don't, but like if, assuming that he blacked out, he feels like just like an innocent little kid, you know? And what a terrible way to like, now you're there with other kids who have done stuff and who knows what that environment's like. Then all of a sudden, your mom, it's only your mom who can come twice a week, an hour each time, you know? It's just so lonely and scary for a little one. I can't imagine. And she really is a hero because she, it feels like she single handedly kept him from falling deep in the cracks of the system that really wanted to suck him up, send him to this worst juvie hall where it could have really mm-hmm. radicalized him and made him, you know, uh, taken away all of the innocence that he had and potentially made him uh, just a lifelong criminal that, that she fought and found this house for him. Okay. This is a true testament to how unconditional her love is for him. I hope that that is meaningful to him. I think, especially in in society or in the justice system you know even if a kid does something like that we're so quick to say charge him as an adult he's evil bah. and I just don't think it's that simple mm-hmm. and if she's not going to advocate for him then I don't know who would but it sounds like everyone around her wanted to let him go and she just continued to fight for him I hope that him being in that home is getting him therapy is getting him counseling that he's on the road to retribution i mean the fact that he says he still doesn't remember it you know a year later then he always asks about his sister i think is meaningful 
Mm -hmm. I really think that there is hope for him. I really do hope that we find out that he's doing well. I do hope they're both doing well and that there's been something with a daughter that she's able to. I mean, I'm just always wanting a happy ending, you know. Um, A wrong show. What is this? (laughs) What show are we? It's always so depressing, guys. Why are all all the episodes so sad? Is there like a happy Christmas special or something? (laughs) Maybe we could. I'm just throwing it out, you know. And then we can be like, oh, my God, wasn't that funny when, you know. This is actually happening at Christmas. No, I'm sure they'll (laughs) say that. What a great segment. (laughs) Thank you for listening. This has been an episode of Trauma Bonded. And you can find our show where podcasts are kept and thanks to anonymous for sharing their story and giving us the opportunity to talk about it and thanks to the this is actually happening team including whitney misseldine and the maker of our music and our website nathaniel tromboli and thank you to kathy sites for editing this episode you can contact us at traumabondedpod at gmail.com and search for us on instagram or TikTok or YouTube, maybe. I say or Facebook. Hey, yeah. We might have accounts by now. Also, if you really want to judge something, rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are trauma bonded to the story, to the storyteller, to the listeners, and to each other. But don't forget, we're not doctors. The information, including but not limited to the words that come out of our mouths, are for entertainment and informational purposes only. Information this podcast may not be factual at all. No material on this podcast is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical or physiological condition or treatment. Side effects of listening to Trauma Bonded with L&T may include, but are not limited to, joy, confusion, questioning, laughing at or with us, bonding, healing, discussion, hunger, happiness, offense, wailing, or diarrhea. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.